Well, hello, SE land. This is Twig, Anthony Twig Wheeler, Twig's SE Reflections, episode number 41, talking to SE practitioners and students near and far. One of the things that is helpful to me in order to get at ideas is to remember stories. I like stories. I'm going to tell you a story here because this story helps me think about the necessity for the clarity of feedback. In our sessions, it's critical, critical, I don't know, that's not what I mean to say. In my opinion, and this is my opinion, just my opinion, all we need to do is continually get better at providing clearer feedback. My opinion is that the Autonomic nervous system has this intelligence running through it. It wants to do these things. Once it gets the right signals and opportunities to say, hey, I'm safer, it starts to get enough feedback of its, you know, coherence, its its other possibilities instead of its corruption of memory, as Bob Scare called it once, where it's kind of repeating itself and the the signals that say, hey, I'm in danger, just keep getting kindled and repeating. And instead, they get to execute and do something in behalf of the organism's sense of successful self-protection or completion or even just sensory motor processing and just letting those sensorium move through from one thing to the next rather than looping or just repeating on themselves. When that's all happening, for that all to happen, the human organism works better and we feel better and problems that a lot of our clients are suffering with go away. And so we're looking for those kinds of things, things to do different and then do better and then not have to do as much. And then when I say things, you know, I mean danger signals that are implicit now in the nervous system perhaps is one way to think of it whatever all of that to say there are things that want to happen inside the arrested stress response and with their allowance to experience themselves and complete something different happens and we want that we feel better with that our organisms do the things that they would naturally do outside of the stress response more easily. And so therefore we are burdened by the sense of danger less often. And so we feel better and our clients feel better. And that's what we're helping to facilitate. And it's great and it's groovy. And to help affect that, we, we look for this ever clearer capacity to reflect feedback appropriately, appropriate feedback. You know, we're, we're essentially being bombarded, our clients are being bombarded by various different things to pay attention to, some of which are simply going to reinforce themselves, not helpful. Some of them are going to try to say, hey, do this, but then not achieve that and therefore signal failure again. Others are maybe pleasure signals or deactivation signals or even self-efficacious signals like self-protection and stuff and they breeze by without any 
formal or, or significant degree of attention, so they're even completely missed. All of these things can be playing a role inside of a distressed client's attention. And our feedback of what we would encourage a person to pay attention to, you know, we want to be able to choose accurately, and we also want to be able to give the feedback with clarity so that we're clear in our signal. Every time this happens, I give feedback here because this, this thing is a better thing for us to pay attention to. And I started all that by saying, hey, we want to get like super critically good at that. Really, I just think we want to get better at it. The organisms that we're dealing with, the clients that we have, they are human organisms and their systems are intelligent. There's this organic intelligence implicit, in my opinion, with this. This is really a real thing. That's why people are breathing without thinking about it. The autonomic nervous system really is a bright and precious and intelligent kind of critter. And our contact with it is, you know, it's disturbed. And our contact wants to be clear on how to say, hey, this is the part of that that's working well. We want to pay attention to that and amplify it and de-emphasize, pay less attention to the parts that are reinforcing themselves as disturbed. Clarity of feedback. And so then a story. Years back, many, many years back, living in Brazil with a, with a really sweet woman that I had met at a Stephen Gilligan training, Stephen Gilligan, the Ericksonian hypnosis and, and self-relations therapy, I think is his, his alphabet soup stuff. I love those alphabet soup stuff, guys. So don't, don't get me wrong when I kind of play with it. I, I mean it. it, it's all, we just have so many different names for so many different things. Anyway, Stephen Gilligan, great. And, and I did this trance camp with him. I've talked about it in adjunctive trainings for SE practitioners, that episode. Well, in that training, met this woman, Luzetchi. I was going to Brazil, going to Sao Paulo, and ended up staying with her while I was doing some writing down there. Staying at Luzetchi's house, I had time to myself to think about how all of this works, where this comes from, like who who's doing what, what am I doing with it? And I remember one morning being in this little apartment in the middle of this really big city with this tremendous thunderstorm, rainstorm brewing just outside that was going to completely flood the streets. And Uzechi's place just had the perfect view for me to watch how the streets would back up with water and create these kind of rivers that were almost impossible to jump from the curb across the river out into the place that would be dry. It was really an intense kind of thing to watch. And so I was making a smoothie breakfast, looking out the window, watching this rain come, and thinking about a quote from Peter Levine, where he mentioned, I think, another quote, about how it's a high thing to sit and watch the rain, to just spend your time for a day, for an hour, for five minutes, for some time to just sit and watch the rain and how that's a high thing. And 
at the time, I would spend a lot of time thinking about how it is that man, Peter Levine, thinks. That was, I was studying his craft and I wanted to know who was the person and how was the person who could think in this kind of way and see in this kind of way and have influenced my own physiology's ability to pay attention to itself in this kind of way. And in that thinking, watching the rain as it just started to come down onto the street, I realized something different about myself and him. I'm like a cheerleader. You guys notice that? You've seen that, right? Well, Peter Levine is not like that. He's not a cheerleader. I mean, maybe he is or can be or has been. But in my experience of him, he, he's a little bit more withdrawn than that. And he holds back a little bit more than my like effervescent kind of like contacty cheerleading kind of stuff, you know? And so sitting there watching the rain, thinking about this, thinking about Peter, and suddenly this thing came to my mind. Oh, I say that's it too much. That's what I thought. You know, I don't know that that's the whole, that's the story. That's what I thought. I thought to myself, oh, I say that's it too much. Peter only says that's it when he means that's it. I say it all the time because I think the magic is in the words that's it. I think the magic is in the cheerleading. I think the magic is in the oh, we're doing something important and we're doing something special and we're doing something, oh, this is going to be so grand. Peter actually knows when to say that's it. And he's waiting for the system that he's working with, the person that he's working with, to express the psychobiological cues that say there's a little bit more coherence in the system now. It's more appropriate to name and pay attention to this. And he will then call attention at an appropriate level to the that's it moment of that's more in the direction we want to be going. And he'll reserve it until it's the appropriate time to say it so that it actually stands out when he says it. As compared to my that's it, which at the time had grown to this cheerleading kind of thing that if we, if I was lucky enough with a client to get onto the track where things were growing in coherency and there was a somatic experience kind of thing, you know, what we mean, like, a, you know, that kind of like this thing is happening of its own, this pressure is rising of its own or, or the, my hand, you know, the client's hand is trembling and starting to come out of freeze and it's organizing into some self-protective response or, or the eyes are, starting to move back and forth and it's starting just at a very little tiny bit at first eyelids closed little tiny blinking and now slowly it's starting to increase just a little bit more or a little bit more i you know i would see all of that stuff and give it on some level the same amount of credit and the same amount of yay this is the right thing and i would start to give it this feedback where my feedback was, was, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. And, and I make fun of it sometimes in some of my, my 
you know, practicing our lines classes because sometimes I'd be almost having to stand up in my chair yelling, that's it. Once we finally got to maybe, you know, the threshold where it, that was it. And of course, you know, that's, that's no bueno, no bueno. You can't do that. I can't do that. That's not, that's not right. But that was, that's, that's what I was doing. And it was because I was looking for what is the right amount of feedback? When is the right, how much feedback before, during, after? Here's a feedback thing. A person has the sense, a client, you have the sense that the client wants to settle back into their chair. Like they're ready to take that slightly deeper letting down. And so you give some kind of signal. You even say perhaps, hey, you know, if, you, if, it's, if it's time to like let back a little bit, maybe, maybe you just go ahead and let that happen. Or you yourself lean back into the chair just a little bit more. And by reflecting that option, they take it. There's a little feedback thing right on the backside of, of a client, like kind of letting something happen just a little bit more. That if you feedback the appropriateness of just that right afterwards, you say, uh-huh. And then you just move on with what else you were talking about or the silence that otherwise was happening. They drop just a little bit more into allowing something to happen and you don't call a lot of attention to it. Oh, I see you fall back into the chair there. It could just be that they allow the permission a little bit and you give a tiny little bit of feedback. Uh-huh. Now the thing for that to work is that you can't be going, uh-huh, with every last thing that you think or see that you want to cheerlead. You have to reserve the feedback that has and is to have significance for the times that it actually wants to call attention to something that is different, something that is more coherent, something that is more appropriate, something that is more efficacious, something that is more congruent, two things holding together, something that's more phase appropriate. You want to reserve the right amount, there's a tiny little bit, uh-huh, and there's, that's it. And there's a range in between, uh-huh, hmm, oh, yes, right, that's it. And there's lighter ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it. And any one of those might require twice as many sounds. Any one of those might require a quarter as many sounds along the spectrum. And within the rising action of those, the feedback needs to be reserved enough that it stands out when it's presented as actually significant so that a person then truly does pay attention in a unique way at that moment. And because of hopefully the growing accuracy of when you do it 
and calling their attention to it, you reinforce or amplify the attention at the right place. Of course, getting exactly what those choice points are is a whole nother thing. And not over-abusing your feedback, giving a clarity of feedback at the right place and the right amount. I remember that rainstorm coming down and I was having my mango banana mau papaya smoothie there and I'm running around the little apartment that I was in and and I was um I was so happy because I was thinking of my oh I was actually yelling out loud I was yelling uh I was like oh he doesn't just say it all the time oh I he just he just doesn't do it like that like I'm I'm I just I just have to do it differently clarity of feedback yeah Something that uh, maybe you'll notice in your own work. Trying to make it so it stands out clearly when it's appropriate. It's held back until you get those moments that you go, ah, oh, that, that really is. That's it. Catch you later, Gators. Clarity of feedback. Well, to be honest, that one's pretty heavy. It's hard to get at exactly what all the choice points are, what the right signals are, when the right amount is, how much feedback, all of that takes time. I'm, I'm down. I'm with you. That's why it's so fun to think about how much better we can get. Just start from where we're at and just move toward a little bit clearer, a little bit closer, a little bit more accurate. Humanity's just waiting for a little bit of help from our biology. We'll just recognize that. Get up, get up. Take good care. Get up, get up. Twig by now. <laughs>